This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Monday, September 16th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Alley. Here's today's headlines. Newsom pledges to veto SB1. Bills to reduce plastics are held from boats. And spending bill debate extends to MFP payments. Newsom promises to veto SB1. Following a dramatic night, the state Senate wrapped up the year's final session at 3 a.m. Saturday morning. Rumors had swirled that SB1 would be shelved as a two-year bill until the Assembly called up the Trump Insurance Act for a floor vote. Author Tony Atkins had said she held off on bringing up the bill as long as she could that night, buying more time for discussions with the administration. Arguments in both houses pitched between fears of environmental degradation to fears of economic degradation in agriculture communities. In opposition, a bipartisan coalition of Central Valley legislators delivered at times desperate pleas on behalf of rural communities. My ancestors were Dust Bowl Okies, said Assemblymember Devon Mathis of Vassalia. Now I don't want us turned into Dust Bowl Californians. Law Friedman of Glendale carried the bill in the assembly. She argued the bill's effects, what is there today and not agreed to over time, and would not harm voluntary agreements. The authors had undergone hours and hours of meetings to negotiate over amendments, she said. Democrat Adam Gray of Merced countered that seven years of discussions through two gubernatorial administrations would be destroyed by the measure. Notably, Assembly Ag Chair and Democrat Susan Eggman of Stockton voted in favor of SB1, while Gray and Democrat Rudy Salas of Bakersfield voted against it. Governor Newsom was keeping a safe distance from the bill. On Saturday, however, he stepped in, issuing a statement claiming the bill limits the state's ability to rely upon the best available science to protect our environment. He promised to veto the measure. A number of ag groups immediately applauded Newsom's decision, along with Representative Josh Harder, who had stood in opposition to SB1 with Senator Dianne Feinstein and three other Central Valley members of Congress. History was made under the harvest moon that Friday the 13th. An anti-vaccine protester shut down the Capitol building by throwing blood onto senators from a balcony above, turning the debate floor into a crime scene installing votes for hours. Bills on reducing plastic packaging die in the night. SB 54 and its counterpart, AB 1080, did not come up for a floor vote in the legislature. Last-minute deals to push SB 1 through seem to have absorbed all the momentum for the ambitious environmental measures. The bills will, however, return in January. While the California Grocers Association had dropped opposition, food processors, winemakers, dairy interests, glassmakers, and many other groups remained opposed. California Citrus Mutual notes the authors added more than 200 amendments during the last week. The final hour revisions, along with logistical challenges for implementing the measures, likely contributed to the bill's demise, writing the Citrus Group. The bills would have mandated a 75% reduction in single-use plastics by 2030 through recycling, composting, and alternative sources. No cases filed to dispute Chlorpyrifos cancellation. The Office of Administrative Hearings on Friday reported that no registrants have filed a request for a hearing to dispute the cancellation of Chlorpyrifos. In August, Attorney General Xavier Becerra gave registrants 15 days to counter his legal claim, 
over the harm the insecticide allegedly poses. A hearing would have delayed the cancellation until the dispute was resolved. Spinach recall issued over E. coli. California producer and retailer Urban Remedy issued a voluntary recall Friday over concerns of E. coli in organic salads and wraps. The 76 products in question were sold in stores, online, and at Whole Foods Market and at other retailers. In filing for the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, CEO Paul Coletta said, we're taking preventative action to keep our customers safe, although no illness has been reported to date. Coletta reported that his company had dropped the supplier where the spinach tested positive. The use-by dates for the products also expired yesterday. Spending bill debate extends to MFP payments. House Democratic leaders hope to pass a stopgap spending bill this week, but first they have to resolve a dispute over trade aid payments to farmers. A continuing resolution needs to pass by October 1st to keep the government funded into the new fiscal year. House Appropriations Chairwoman Nita Lowy of New York has been considering leaving out an administration request to replenish the $30 billion Commodity Credit Corporation account the USDA uses to make the market facilitation program payments. Iowa freshman Cindy Axney, a House Democrat, tweeted, however, that we cannot cut a lifeline to struggling farmers. I will not support a continuing resolution that does not include tariff aid. A key Senate appropriator, North Dakota Republican John Hoven, vowed to ensure that the payments would continue uninterrupted. Hoven chairs the Agriculture Appropriations Subcommittee, which controls the USDA budget. You can read more on this and other items in Washington Week Ahead. It's on agripulse.com. Finally, FDA finds most foods don't violate limits on pesticide residues. The vast majority of foods tested for pesticide residues were found to be well within federally prescribed limits. Food Drug Administration said in its latest pesticide monitoring report, which includes data for fiscal year 2017. FDA found that 96.2% of domestic and 89.6% of imported human foods complied with federal standards. No pesticide chemical residues were found in 52.5% of the domestic and 50% of the imported samples analyzed. FDA finished the second year of a special assignment focusing on herbicides, testing 879 samples of corn, soy, milk, and eggs for glyphosate and glufenicate, and more than a 1,000 samples of selected grains and root crops for acid herbicides over the two-year period. Residues of glyphosate or glufenicate were not found in any egg or milk samples, while glyphosate and or glufenicate residues were found in about 60% of the corn and the soy grain samples. None, however, exceeded established tolerances. FDA flagged 22 imported commodities that may warrant special attention because of a high number of violations. They include celery, with violations found in 38.5% of samples, carrots with a 21.4% violation rate, and raisins with a 29.4% violation rate. The violation rate for imported foods at 10.4% was well above the 3.8% rate for domestic foods. Here's today's He Said It. A lot of the people working in our communities in agriculture, in hospitality and tourism do not earn enough to provide food for their families over the course of a month. 
They depend on nutritional supplement support. This is a draconian measure. That's Senator Bill Monning of Carmel on the Trump administration's recent proposed cuts to the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Monday, September 16th, brought to you by FMC. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Nally.